0: Special thanks to Edward Blank, whose generosity makes this show possible. I'm Lynn Harris. And I'm Gina Green. And welcome to A Bental Brief, the Jewish Advice Podcast. Here's the deal. We are going to be
1: answering questions every week, and we want to answer your question Please send any and all inquiries or requests for advice either by calling 201-540-9728 or by emailing bintle at forward.com.
0: Thanks, Lynn. You betcha. And today's question lingers in the minds of many of us in the United States and other countries where COVID-19-related restrictions have been relaxed and warmer weather is on the way. Places to socialize have finally opened their doors, but for some, getting back into the social scene is more nerve-wracking than exciting. How do we socialize after a year of social distancing? And today's question in the Bental Brief Box. Dear Bental, With the pandemic ending and being vaxxed and all, I'm nervous about coming out of the shell and finding there's no one there who wants to be friends anymore. Or all my communities have shut down. It's making me sad and lost, and I don't know what to do. I've noticed a decided lack of interest in the hints I've dropped in various Facebook pages and text threads, even as folks say they are starting to be a little social. And meanwhile, I know of at least one group of old friends who met when someone visited, but without me. It makes me feel like I'm back in junior high school, where I was decidedly the nerdy literary girl who didn't get invited to parties. I never wanted to go to those, but I did want to connect with my friends. I'm trying to stay patient and understanding, but I also fear I've lost support and connection in ways that can't be reclaimed. Reaching out seems fraught, especially with so many relationships seeming tenuous and fragile. So each one that breaks starts a little cascade in my heart. Can you help?
1: I mean, that thing about knowing that her friends got together without her. Yeah. 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 Talk about a cascade in my heart. I feel ya. I
0: feel ya. Right. And that's the feeling that we're thinking of when we tell all of our junior high kids that it gets better. (laughs) And then our reader, our listener, our person here, who did not sign her letter to us. We got to come up with a good name for her before the podcast is over.
1: Oh, well, uh, what about something about the nerdy literary girl or the or the wallflower? We
0: could call her nerdy literary girl. What about fear? What, what we call her a fearful friend? Coming out of the shell shelly? Yeah. What about fear of FOMO? That's I mean. Sure. Fear of. Sure. Yeah, because that's kind of what's happening here. She's afraid of being in the position of being afraid of what she's missing.
1: Well, if she's fear of FOMO, then we get to call her Fofomo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, I would appreciate that no opportunity. All right, what did we decide it was? Fear of FOMO. Fear of FOMO. Excellent. All right, that feels good to have that done because it was going to bother us the yeah. entire tape that yeah. we didn't have a yeah. name for her. All right. So Len, let me just say, reading through Firafomo's letter here, a couple of things really jumped out at me. One, she said, I'm nervous about coming out of the shell and finding that there's no one there who wants to be friends anymore. And I'm that makes me curious. Where did everyone go? This past year.
1: Right, right. It wasn't like they were all at the bar.
0: Like, this is not, you know, this isn't, you know, the leftovers here. She, Everyone was still around and we were all stuck at home doing things via Zoom. So I actually have a question about how she participates in community. What community means to her? What does it look like that after 15 months, she's now wondering... Who wants to be friends?
1: Right. Is it is it that she's one of those people who just really hates Zoom? Or did she, or did she honestly not get invited even to the Zooms? Which would also mean that she didn't get invited to like her own college reunion or her high school. Like there's there was so much. So much. Even if she's just like
0: not a Zoom person. And not only that, but you know, the next line in her letter says, quote, or all my I'm going to find dot 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 ellipsis, or all my communities have shut down. Communities sprouted up during this period of time. So there's. A, I have a lot of questions about uh, Fear of FOMO here. The questions even begin to um, grow because the next paragraph in her letter says, I've noticed a decided lack of interest in the hints I've dropped in various FB pages and text threads. Now. The plot thickens. The plot thickens because Fear of FOMO. Has not been connecting with anyone for a year plus, and she's now dropping back in to places and spaces. And other people might be like, "Oh, where has fear of FOMO been? Mm. Fear of FOMO wasn't there for us or me or our community during this time." So, going back to that first question of, "What does fear of FOMO think community is?" That's harsh, but true. Yeah, yeah, mm.
1: yeah. I mean, at the other end of the spectrum, it's not like we were planless, or communityless, or activityless during the pandemic. But I do feel like there was less pressure to make plans, less less pressure to like be out on a Friday night or be out on a Saturday night or whatever it was, because you couldn't. Like, it was okay to right. like always be home. Right. It was okay. It was really okay. Um, and so I do vibe a little bit with the idea of that was easier. Mm. It was easier to not have to worry about, like, did my friends make plans without me? Although apparently you did have to worry about that. But um, it was <laughs> it was easier to not have to be like, oh, my God, I can't find anyone who's free.
0: I mean, maybe maybe you're right that I'm being too harsh on fear of FOMO here. But I am struggling because I I hear you on this period of time being introverts paradise, right? Nerdy literary girl doesn't have to worry about whether or not she got invited to the party at the popular kid's house on Saturday night, right? And doesn't have to worry about making plans. And that feels like a relief. And then she retreats from making plans and retreats because it's easier. But then... She's going out into the world. She's saying, I'm dropping hints. I'm sending texts. I'm asking what's up. I'm trying to re-engage. And it's coming up crickets from folks. There's a, I'm struggling with that a little bit because maybe because I'm not an introvert. And so when this happened, I wasn't like, yay, I don't have an excuse. So I'm trying to balance that the pandemic might have been a relief for folks who are the nerdy literary girls. And I'm,
1: no, same thing. I'm, it was a relief for me and I like to party, <laughs> you know, and it's a relief for me and, I, and I'm social, you know, and I was like, oh, thank God. What you pointed out also makes me want to go back to the, um, the thing she says toward the end where she says, I'm trying to stay patient and understanding, but I also fear I've lost support and connection in ways that can't be reclaimed. And that is sort of supporting evidence for your hypothesis that I, that it feels like in a way she sort of thought it was going to happen with or without her, mm. like that support and connection... We're just there, and yeah. and in many right. cases, with certain friendships, they're like plants that take you know medium light and not a not a lot of water. Like they're just going to be there, and they're and they're gorgeous, and you love them, and they they adorn your life in a wonderful way. But it does make it does support your your sort of the more harsh hypothesis a little bit, which is well. And uh, side note, even if you did, we get it, we're compassionate. But did you did you really check out for so long that actually you kind of do have to warm back up again with everybody? Maybe maybe they just need a, a spritz with the watering
0: thing, with the spritzer. Yeah, and not all of us have those friends who don't require a lot of water and don't need a lot of care and feeding and aren't the people that we can not speak to for a year and a half and then show up like nothing has changed and there's been no time or space between us. We don't all get that. And so it's possible that fear of FOMO felt that way. And so moving into an era where you're not sure mm. what you can get from others or what you even have the capacity to give is probably another piece at play here. Since
1: she brought up the junior high school thing, do you remember those? remember that feeling of like... Everybody hates me when they didn't. Yeah, Like part of me is wondering, is this, you know, to what degree is this her junior high school lizard brain going, everybody hates me, everybody hates me. I wonder if this is just partly, partly her ninth grade or, you know, junior high school lizard brain version of that, where there's just no perspective on how bad it is. And also, that also makes me think that because, because, and this goes to a suggestion, she's hinting. Okay, I one time, I swear I did this. I swear I did this. There was some... There was a boy I liked, um, in fifth fifth grade maybe, and I and I'm I'm about to like I've never told anybody this. This is on like national television. I'm gonna say this national podvision. I'm gonna say <laughs> this right now. I had a crush on him, and at at some point I like wrote a little you know the heart with the n- initials and blah blah blah, and then I like oops dropped it in the wastebasket
0: up like right side up. Wow, that is calculating. But like
1: that's a hint. We don't hint. We're (laughs) grownups. My suggestion for one thing is like, pick the one, pick one, pick one friend that you do feel comfortable with, even if it's a newish person, who cares? And just be like, hey, now that we can go out, let's go out to that place at the thing. You know, let's go have a thing at the place. Let's
0: go do a thing at the place. Mm -hmm. And how do I make space for others? And how do I share it with others? I think that these are really big questions and not just fear or fomo. I think we can all ask these questions of ourselves as we move through life and as we move through relationships and people and community.
1: Yeah, and I think there's a way that she can ask herself those questions that's not in a like stupid 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 way. Like, you know, and not not a what have I done? Where did I screw up kind of way, but like people have said this. It's almost a cliche of the of the pandemic now. You know, I've I've tried to pare things down to what really matters. You know, there's a way that is the no, really, I've been given an opportunity to kind of and it's not a, not always a pleasant or fun um, uh, or, you know, zippy opportunity. But, you know, I have an opportunity to say like, oh, to say to myself, OK, yeah, what kind of support and connection do I need? And also, what kind of support and connection do I not need? Is it really just my lizard brain that wants to get invited to parties where really I prefer, you know, w- long walks and snuggling by the fireplace with just one person? You know, I don't know. It's an opportunity to to reassess like what do I want as a grown up now? And how can I go get it? So, yeah, drop the hint, drop the drop the hint dropping and um find someone that you kind of trust and enjoy to
0: just get rolling with. And I think really specifically, what if she doesn't have any more friends? What if she drops the hint dropping and they are legit like Fira FOMO, we've moved on. Mm -hmm. When she comes out at the actual answer to some of these questions of her friends and of her community is no, then that presents an opportunity to what we just said, you know, ask what does she need? What does she want? What does community give her? But also what are the communities and the types of people who can give that to her? So like getting super granular about like, oh, this group of friends is no longer meeting, but maybe I can find another group on Facebook, in a different Facebook group, or among other people on social media.
1: And we're we're going to risk sounding a little corny here, but there are ways to find and create community these days out of nowhere that didn't exist before.
0: So Farrah Femal, we got a few tips for you. Lynn said, drop the hand dropping. Be explicit. Reach out to a friend, a friend or two, and focus your energy on figuring out what's what with that person and and reaching out. And then we think you should uh, ask a few more questions that are a bit broader than your individual friends or community and that are bigger about what you get from community, what you give to community, what it means to you. And then I think there's an even sort of bigger (laughs) picture uh, circle around it which is who are the people what are the communities where are the places that if it does turn out that you don't have the community you thought you did and you don't have the friends that you thought you did where are you going to go next
1: once you've considered what you want, what you need, what would nurture you, find an organization or place whose mission is to build community. Obvious choice, a synagogue, just to pull one idea out of a hat. And yeah, sure, get it offline. Get it offline, as 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 our ancestors before us did. <laughs> um, <laughs> And, uh, you know, find it out there at the at the dog shelter where you can walk the puppers or just other places uh, where you can just rub elbows with new folks. Speaking of doing things the old fashioned way, let us go back to a time that was before Facebook uh, and let us welcome the forwards archivist um, who can help us sort through this question in a much more eternal
2: way.
0: Kana Pollack, welcome to A Bental Brief, the podcast.
2: So nice to be here, Gina and Lynn. I'm pretty excited about today's uh, query. Mm, Fear of
0: FOMO. Did they
2: talk about
1: FOMO in the archives?
2: Well, you know, that's such a good question because actually as an archivist, it's all about FOMO, fear of missing out, because it feels kind of like a sacred task. Like I'm entrusted with the history of a 124-year-old organization, which was a daily newspaper, which was the mirror of the Jewish community, which was the address of the Jewish community. Uh, A lot of the Ephemeral, let's say the materials, the historical records that I'm responsible for are actually what's considered the morgue. A newspaper has a morgue, and those are like the back records. So, usually in a newspaper, those are the photographs. And the same is true for the forward. So, I'm actually mostly responsible for um, a vast collection of black and white newspaper photographs. A lot of the images in the forward were actually sent to us by community, by the same folks who were writing into the Bintel brief, were sending in pictures. Sometimes they were sending in photographs of their places of origin, pictures of the family that they had left behind. Sometimes, you know, as time went on and they acculturated more to uh, American life, they were sending us proud images of like, you know, family reunions. Here we are, it's Passover and here's our giant Seder table because, you know, so many of us have immigrated to America and we're we're so grateful. So we're we're sending this into the forward. So, you know, everybody can see and um, so we can see ourselves reflected back to in our our sort of, our movement through time, you know? It's like, it's like really, really slow Facebook. Yeah, totally. I mean, I've read that in part, that's what actually formed the Bindel Brief. that they were getting so many letters from people and people still came to the building to relieve themselves of the burdens of every day. So when you look back into the archives... <laughs> What did you find? Can I dig in? Can I can I sort of give it a read through? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to start um just the Yiddish, the Pracy on top. Yeah. Okay. Zivil as ir Familie was gretig z'zafiren sehrere goldene gassene, soll bringend sich a sehr Schwester von Jesro. Die Schwester haben sich schein 50 Johr nit gseen. Ir Familie but sitzech ober caut zum Plan von bringende Schwester. You know, worthy editor. Like a lot of other forward readers who follow your good suggestions, I'm writing you about a serious question and I beg you not to delay your response. Here's the thing it's nearly 50 years since my husband and I have been married. Kanaina, Horo may no evil eye befall them. We've got four children, lots of grandchildren, two great grandchildren, and lots of friends and relatives who want to help us celebrate our golden wedding anniversary. At first, we resisted making a party. But our children convinced us means a lot to them. And since there's nothing to be ashamed of over those last 50 years together, we agreed. We've led a middle-class family life, raised our children in a Jewish atmosphere, and three of them are even professionals. We've always belonged to good organizations. We've not been self-absorbed. We've reached out to help others. And yet it's come down to this. I have a younger sister in Israel I haven't seen since leaving her in our home on the other side of the ocean 50 years ago when she was a little girl. My husband and I have discussed traveling there many times but we keep setting all that aside my sister has lived in Israel for close to 20 years already the first years we helped her out a lot and recently we also sent her several care packages because a few years ago she was widowed and she's in need my sister hopes to reunite with her American relatives and I think that if we're already having this party, I want to take advantage of this opportunity to bring her to America for a few weeks. I wanted my sister who lives here, along with our other relatives here, to raise $1,000 for that goal. It's not hard to do. But my family, my American sister let me know, doesn't think much of my plan and is procrastinating. I really want our sister to come be with us for a while. The only person really interested in this is my oldest daughter. Maybe you have a good suggestion of how to handle this gratefully waiting for your answer, your reader, Mrs. B.R., and the Bintlebrief responds. We think it would be a huge accomplishment to bring your sister from Israel to celebrate your golden wedding anniversary with you. It would be a great experience for you and for your entire family. That's reason enough to have this party. We find it curious, therefore, why your family, and especially your American sister, who's been here for a while already, they seem kind of cold about your plan. It's no small thing to reunite with a beloved sister who you haven't seen since your youth. If the main party organizers of your wedding anniversary truly want to create joy at this time for you, they have to see that your idea is carried out. Admittedly, you say it wouldn't be difficult for you all to cover her travel expenses. Seeing as your oldest daughter is interested in having your sister be your guest here, surely she could convince your family to follow through. She must talk to her own family and let them know what the reunion means to you and for the whole family. Must be clarified. It would be a tremendous experience also for your sister from Israel to reunite with her family she's been separated from for decades. Your family must not reject the plan. They must comprehend that bringing your sister over for the party will be the best and the nicest present for your golden wedding anniversary. And they say in Yiddish, I, I just love the line, so if you'll allow me, Es is doch nit kein sich zu begegnen mit der lieblichen Schwester. It's no small thing. You know, it made me think of fear of missing out on like the grand sort of historical scale that people in 69 who had come over, who had immigrated here and like multiple pandemics later were trying to reconnect.
0: The thing about the comparison between FOMO 69 and FOMO 21 is that the family in 69 is the community and they're saying, no, we don't want to let. Someone in. And in 21, our letter writer is they're the person and they're not sure that they're going to be welcomed back in. I'm just stuck on the family. I'm still stuck on the family in FOMO 69. Why? What would be the reason I'm sitting here trying to rack my brain? I like to solve problems and figure things out. So I'm like, okay, do they not want the Israeli to come and embarrass them? right? Do they, you know, like, I don't know. I'm thinking all the not nice things in the world because I can't imagine a reason to say no to your wife and mom (laughs) and sister (laughs) on this momentous occasion. It's
2: uncomfortable, right? These, these social, social rules that we have that in a way we've been out of in 69 they were just kind of re-knitting the jewish community from you know loss from the holocaust and people who had emigrated different places right
0: trying to get that communication together still trying to find relatives but huh i mean we know from the letter though that everyone in the family is already opposed to this but i feel like it's the sister in israel who They're in communication, we know. They're sending care packages. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going back to the why. We talked about what community means. Mrs. Br's family does know what community means. They've been supporting the sister, communicating with her, sending care packages when she became a widow, right? So there is something there. And so when I think about the parallels between 69 and 21, in both cases, it feels as if the community that was there has ruptured and something has happened such that all parties aren't aware of exactly what each of them mean to each other and
1: that's the that's the broad parallel i think Gina and what you just said between the two letters
0: you know, Lynn, in thinking about these two letters, one from the archives, 1969, but there's a big piece that's fundamentally different. And that is that of FOMO 2021 is talking about her friends. And in 1969, the letter writer was talking about her family. It is different when it's your family, <laughs> when it's your blood, when it's your loved ones who have disappointed you. But at the end of the day, these are still your people. These still are the folks who make up your safety net. These are still the people who make up your village. And whether it's the village you make or the village you were born with, there is a village for you somewhere. For me too. For all of us.
1: Thank you, Hana. Again, so, so illuminating. Thank you so much, Hana. Love the time travel with you. It's awesome.
0: Yeah, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me.
1: We're going to be answering your questions and queries and requests for advice every week. So please send them to us. You can't answer them if we don't have them. So give us all the deets. Give us all the information you feel comfortable sharing. Do not hold back because we're the ones who can edit. You don't have to. We want to discuss. We want to dig in. We want to do textual interpretation because we're Jews. And we want to help you. So please send us your questions at bintel@forward.com or call us. It's even better because when you leave us a voicemail, you might be able to appear on the podcast. Pencils out for the number
0: 201-540-9728. This podcast is a product of The Forward. Our editor-in-chief is Jody Rudoren, and our CEO and publisher is Rachel fishman Fetterson. This show is produced by Wonder Media Network and our producer is Ira Simonson. Our production assistant is Carmen Borga Carrillo. Our executive producer is Ginny Kaplan. Special thanks again to Edward Blank, whose generosity makes this show possible.